Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and listen to it. We certainly hope that you will hit that like button and follow us if you are a new listener. We have many uh, people who do just that. They do follow us and download each week. And we try to release our podcast every Saturday uh, afternoon, Chicago time. We pray that uh, you would be edified and Christ would be glorified through this podcast. We have many listeners all around the world and we thank you for, for listening. We also know that some of our listeners live in persecuted areas and we pray for you each and every day in hopes that God is comforting you and helping you along your journey to be a better disciple or follower of Christ. Today we're going to begin a seven-week series and we're going to be out of the book of Revelation. There's only one Revelation. And I know many people like to say Revelations, but there's really only one. And the one is from Christ himself. And so if you have a Bible and would like to follow along, I would encourage you to do so. Now, for the most part, we will be in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. But we're going to do a little bit of back and forth here uh, as we go through this study today, podcast, and, of course, the weeks to come. And this uh, title of this uh, particular uh, podcast will be Lost Their First Love. And I would encourage you on your own, if you have the time or, or make time, to go back and read Acts, Acts chapter 19, starting at verse 23 to the end of the chapter. It was 10 to 15 years uh, after the Apostle Paul planted this congregation in Ephesus. And you can read that in the book of Acts where he uh, planted this congregation, got them on their feet, got them going. Approximately 15 years later, here now we have uh, the Apostle uh, John. And he is going to write to the seven churches in Revelation. And he's going to, to warn them uh, and us, really these churches are, are timeless. We can find uh, churches or congregations, actually I believe is a better word, uh, closer to perhaps the Greek uh, meaning. But anyhow, there is, uh, even today we can find uh, groups, uh, Christian groups, churches, congregations, whatever, uh, who could very easily fall into these seven categories. And so, uh, Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men, and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. And you found them to be false. Verse 3. And you have perseverance in having endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. But I had this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore remember from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you, and I will remove 
your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Verse 6, Yet this do you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. There's a lot of wording here. We could probably spend a, a podcast down the road going through what some of these words mean. But obviously, in the first seven uh, verses that we read here, uh, chapter 2, uh, the angel of the church. Uh, my guess is this would be to uh, the uh, the elder there, the pastor there, who is um, leading the congregation. Uh, there could be other uh, interpretations of that, and I'm not going to argue about it one way or another today. But it has to do, I believe, for the sake of this podcast, a leader of this particular congregation. Now, this word apostle just means... Uh, Somebody sent on a mission. If you go read in the book of Hebrews, Jesus is referred to as an apostle. Uh, somebody who has a message and takes it and gives it to somebody else. In the Greek terminology, that word is apostle. And so, but there's some good things here that uh, Jesus says. This is Jesus talking. Uh, you have uh, perseverance. You've endured for my name's sake. And you're not grown tired. I mean, here, Jesus, he knows how to talk to people, obviously. And he gives them the good things. Hey, I like this about you. You've done this and this and this. And now, uh, hold on, let me go ahead and correct you just a little bit here. You see, again, in the scripture text, Jesus is telling the church in Ephesus, they, they've done a lot of great things. They've worked hard. Uh, they've persevered. Uh, they've had a hard time. And try, uh, tolerating the wicked. Uh, they've tested those who claimed uh, to be followers or, or to apostles or uh, people of, of the faith, excuse me. Uh, but they found out that those people were, were false. They were not. They had endured many hardships for the sake of Jesus. Yet there is one thing that uh, Jesus says he, he holds against them, and that is that they have forgotten their first love. Now, this word hate also here in verse 6, um, that you uh, hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, and I, which I also hate. And I probably will get an email or two, somebody saying, well, God really doesn't hate. Uh, well, I'm just reading the text of the New American Standard. And the word hate in the English language really has malice behind it. It's really a harsh word to use. It's a serious word to use. But really, in the Bible, the word hate, when it's interpreted that uh, this way, using that word hate, it generally means God rejected them. I mean, Esau, um, I hated, you know, uh, I mean, he just rejected Esau. Jacob, I loved. Esau, I hated. Okay? Uh, we, we, I guess the interpreters of, of the original text trying very hard to make a big distinguished uh, setting of, of, those, of those words. It's, it's really hard to say what caused this congregation in Ephesus to, to lose their first love. 
It could have been that they had just gotten so wrapped up in their rituals that they really lost touch with, with what they were really supposed to be doing and why they were doing it. I know as a preacher I have found three things that I believe that have caused us to lose our first love. And the first one is, if you're taking notes, uh, is pride. Pride. And we're going to head over uh, to Proverbs in here just a moment. As a society, we, especially in America, we are too proud to admit that we need anything. We, it may be more so in certain parts of the country and the West here than in others, but we have this mentality that we can do it alone. We are all that we need. We have taken this uh, context of Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 and just used part of the scripture which says, I can do all things. But we have left out probably the most important part of that verse which says, if you go read it all the way through, it says, through Christ who gives me strength. We are really in the United States probably the most powerful economic uh, country in the world probably military wise as well and that could all change in a, in, a, in a blink of an eye that we have also forgotten what really brought us to uh, where we are as a nation uh, we've got to check our pride at the door Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 says pride goes before destruction and haughty spirit before stumbling. Reason number two is, is, is fear. I think in this area of our lives, we all will probably need to improve. We're, we're too afraid of what others might think of us or me. And sure, we could go and, and teach the truth of the gospel to the lost, to a family member, but we don't do it because we're too afraid or, or we're uncomfortable. Maybe we're afraid that we're going to cause a, a division within our own family structure. We, we could make more uh, solid commitment to God and, and do more to build up His kingdom. But with a larger commitment also comes more responsibility and the possibility of being labeled as a religious fanatic. And that could be within your family, that could be within your workplace or your school. And uh, the church as a whole could really do so much more if we would just stop being afraid of offending someone. doesn't mean we have to intentionally be rude um, or try to, you know, that old saying, stick a knife in somebody's back. You know, No, we don't need to do that. But we don't need to be afraid. You know, we just need to preach the gospel and say this is what God says. Uh, being afraid that we're uh, that somebody's going to think badly of us or, or worse of us, we just need to stop that. Uh, obviously, Jesus, uh, the apostles, our first-century church, they were very brave and bold in the message, and they really, uh, deep down, I don't think they really worried about uh, offending people because their souls were. Uh, at stake. They really needed to know who God uh, is and what does he expect from his creation and what does he expect from those in the church. By not telling lost souls around us the gospel 
really, honestly, listeners, we are not showing Christ's love. What We should not want anybody uh, to be condemned to hell. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 7 says this, Listen to me, you who know righteousness, a people whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. Okay, so again, we just need to be honest, sincere, use the Word of God correctly, and don't use it as a weapon. I've seen it used as a weapon before, and that's not what we're supposed to do. The third, the third reason I, I think is selfishness. And I think this is the third main reason we have lost our first love is selfishness. It, and marriages fall apart because somebody is, is selfish. Uh, or takes, uh, one takes a, a dramatic uh, advantage of another one. But it's simply, if we could do more for God, but I just don't want to type attitude. If we did do more for God, maybe we're afraid, again, going back to the, the previous one, that fear idea, that we're going to have to step outside of our routine and our comfort zone. We might have to miss the football game once in a while. We might have to get to bed a little later than we normally would, or maybe wake up earlier than we normally would. There is no doubt in my mind that we live in a me society. But we are told repetitively in God's Word, what we call the Bible, that we are to be His servants. We are to act like servants and we are to be servants. And one that of acting out of not selfishness, but rather the opposite, unselfishness. Are we like Jesus are we worshiping the feet of the disciples? And if you really stop and think about uh, how he went to the cross for every sinner who's ever born, from Adam and Eve to the minute he comes back. And you think about this worshiping of the feet idea. Uh, they didn't wear uh, tennis shoes or cowboy boots or... You know, many times they were barefoot or they just had some kind of a sandal or whatever. And it was very nasty. They walked everywhere. They worked in the fields that way. They, and so to wash somebody's feet back in those days, that was that's about as low as you could get. You, you hired uh, servants to do that for your guest. And notice here Jesus here in Mark chapter 9 verse 35. Sitting down. That'd be Jesus. He called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Jesus made it pretty clear, cut and dry here, by telling his original twelve, his disciples, to serve others and to basically leave their egos at home. Leave them at the door. What a concept for the church today, especially here in America. And in, I've been in, in other countries, and the church there also has problems, but uh, maybe not the selfishness idea that, we, uh, that I've witnessed so much here in the United States. We need to leave the ego at home. 
That's what we really need to do. We need to take a long look in the mirror because we are partially to blame. We, we are why people are so confused by God when we uh, have this big ego trip. We've gotten away from finding joy that God has for us and wants us to have. We have gotten away from finding hope in Christ, which that's what we should have is hope in Christ. And we find this hope idea in government or neighbors or whatever, everywhere else. But we don't go to God looking for that hope. We find it in so many other things. We, we only feel good because... Maybe we only put a few dollars in a collection plate when it goes by, or we give a few dollars at somebody's uh, at the local store says we'll work for food. Uh, people see us uh, feeling good about the things that that we are doing. Yet for the most part, they see us hip as hypocrites or people who are are phony. And we have this tendency to forget it is really Christ who has done all things. We have not died for anybody. We have not shed any blood for anybody. Although that could happen in some countries that you could die for Christ and your blood could be shed because you're a believer. But we need to understand that everything is Christ-centered. Again, we have this tendency to forget it's really Christ who's done all things. We should be joyful for the love of God for what he has shown us we he he first loved us if he did not love us first we would still be dying in our sin there would be no cross there would be no empty tomb there would be no uh, bible there would be no baptism there would be nothing we would be completely lost but also believe that there are four keys that can help us get back to our first love and that first key is putting God first. Putting God first. We can make this step by regaining our first love by simply making a decision that we're going to put God first in everything that we do, everything that we say, and every thought. Decide that the world is going to come second. We are all commanded to go out and teach and preach the word. That is the great commission that we have all been given. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the pastor or minister, uh, whoever you call that person that preaches to you on Sunday. That is really every Christian's responsibility is to go out and tell the good news that what Christ has done. But for some of us that may not be able to give out, maybe we don't have the resources to, to do some things that we wish that we could, but maybe you can just simply teach your children, moms, dads. Uh, maybe you could tell somebody at work about Jesus or uh, your friend at school on the track team, whatever, a neighbor. And I guarantee you my neighbors know who I am and they know about the podcast, they, they know... Uh, that uh, I proclaim to be a Christian and they have complimented us many times but I always give that back and say well you need to thank God that he has allowed me to do this Romans chapter 6 verse 22 says but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God 
you have your fruit to holiness in the end everlasting life. And that's the New King James Version. Using the same version here in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame as he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The second key uh, that can help us get back to our, our first love is to, to find a worship service and attend it faithfully. And that's really become a real challenge in this COVID-19 uh, uh, era. Many churches here in this immediate area uh, don't meet any longer in their building. They've closed their doors, uh, which is too bad. And then we have others that uh, are can't sing. You can't, you know, you have to have all the social distancing. And so it's become a challenge for people to get together. But I think if you really pray and ask God about it, He will help you find it. We have a little church here, a little group that we get together and we, we pray and we sing songs and whatnot. And so we need to get back to that first love of, of worshiping faithfully. And again, not just coming to a church building when it's convenient for us, but we really need to, to get together with others and worship and sing all the time. I mean, the Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. Well, you can do that all the time. You don't have to close your eyes every time you pray as you're going down the road or at work or uh, with your wife, your, your son, whatever. You can sit down and pray. We, we need to be showing others that, that we are excited about serving God and that we want to worship Him. And it's hard for us sometimes to get excited about getting up early in the morning, going somewhere, or meeting somebody at their house for a Bible study and, and, and time of prayer and song. I know in this culture that, that uh, we live here in the USA, we're busy. Time is probably our most valuable asset, which meaning, I, when I say that for those maybe outside don't understand, is... Every minute of our day seems to be wrapped up in something. And so, and it's not always God. There's always sports activities, work, uh, doctors, the list goes on and on. Okay? So, read with me here if you have your Bible open still to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 to 25. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full of of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an, from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed pure with water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love one another and good deeds. Okay, that's what we need to be doing. We need to help each other and encourage each other. And it's not always easy. I, I don't believe it ever has been. The third key idea of get, getting back to our first love is we really need to go and have a sincere prayer life. And I've spoken a lot about this on previous podcasts. I, I realize that. But we really need to go to prayer and we need to ask God for His guidance. We need to ask God for His wisdom. 
and for his will in our lives. This is the one thing that we really seem to neglect uh, in different parts of the country where I've been. Uh, prayer uh, is not always part of uh, the worship service. Oh, we They might have a prayer, but it, it's, it's usually uh, very short, and it, it's almost exactly the same prayer each and every time they get up and pray. We, and then I've been around other groups where they really, they just all take turns praying, and they and they and the men lead out a, a prayer for the entire group, and they take turns, and they just kind of go around in a circle, and it's very edifying. I I really always appreciate sincere prayer life, and especially in public prayer like that. Uh, prayer doesn't cost us anything, but our time, and again, uh, our time in this part of the world seems to be uh, very little extra time. And the devil knows all too well if he can keep us off of our knees and out of prayer, he's winning. And he will not have that, and we will not have, I should say, excuse me, we will not have that closeness to our first love, which is Christ. God has always encouraged uh, prayer from his people. And I'm going to read two verses back out of the Old Testament, show you how far back this goes in this idea that he wants his people to pray. Numbers chapter 11, verse 17, excuse me. Then I will come down and I will speak with you there. And I will take the spirit who is upon you and will put him upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it all alone. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know, Jesus, he, he displayed a very strong prayer life, and so did the prophets. And perhaps there's a reason for that, that the constant struggles that they were dealing with, the constant uh, ridicule and, and harassment from non-believers, uh, maybe more so from those who claimed they believed, and... Uh, but yet they uh, sure threw their their hard rocks at, at Jesus, and I mean the verbal things. And of course, they end up crucifying him. Uh, many of the prophets were killed for preaching and teaching the, what God had told them to do. That, but we need to know and understand that we really need to have a strong prayer life, because that's the only way we're going to make it through this world. Life here on Earth is very hard. And I don't care what culture you're in, because I've been in several of them and around them. Uh, life is not easy, okay? And so we need God. We really, truly do. Prayer was very much, again, part of these people in the Bible that we read. Very much part of their daily lives. And God has promised to answer the prayers of a righteous man. We're, we are told... We have not because we ask not. In other words, well, we don't pray. And the fourth and final key uh, that I think for us to getting back to our first love is this. The Bible is truly inspired word of God. Every word there is from the Holy Spirit. And yet, listeners... Uh, Many people in churches that I have been around, they always go looking for answers in, in other venues. Or, and what I mean by that is uh, 
self-help books. That's probably the number one selling book in Christian bookstores, other than a Bible's, is the self-help book. Uh, there's radio call-in shows. Uh, there's the Dear Abby, which is, I don't know if she's still around or not, that's been around when I was growing up. And even places where God is really not. And yet, when we look into His Word, the Bible, we find the answers to problems. We find guidance in those issues and how we can grow closer to God and how that we can serve Him and how we can know what His will really is in our life. How we really are supposed to worship Him. That we're supposed to tell others. and That He wants the prayer life. And so on. Every every congregation that I've ever been around in the United States, everybody has at least one Bible. They're free. You can download them off the internet. And I know that some countries kind of restrict that, especially communist countries and Muslim countries. But why would you, if you can't afford to go buy a Bible at your local five and dime store, why not just download it for free? There's free apps on your phone and you can listen to it. My wife and I, we, we have them on our phone and we listen to it going down the road. We listen to it uh, in the house. We rarely turn on a television anymore. And as, as we start this series, I, I want to challenge everyone listening to read through your Bible. To read through it from Genesis chapter 1 to the last uh, Amen in the book of Revelation. It, it takes time to read that. A valuable qual uh, thing that we, we cherish and we don't have enough of in this country. And that's our own fault. Whoops. We've allowed uh, our debt to mount. We work a lot of hours. Uh, we we take the call the kids to all the different sporting events and so on. But we need to figure out how to have a structured Christian life. Romans ten seventeen says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. There are so many parallels, listeners, between the church of Ephesus and the church today. We can do more than we ever have done before. And we're not doing these things because we love God. Are we doing them because we love being praised? I know many people who are in the pulpit, that's why they're there. They may like that praise. You may be listening uh, today and, and you think, well, I really just haven't been that faithful to God. Well, then I... Please, I, I would beg you to examine your life and find your first love again. To find, to find time to, to talk to Jesus and to read his words. Remember the last words that uh, Jesus will give the church here to Ephesus. And I'm going to read it again. Chapter 2, verse 7. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat the tree of life which is in paradise of God. Listeners, we all can overcome the things which Christ has warned us against. We simply really need to get back into those four key things that I, I try to bring out. And there could be more. 
to, to have a sincere prayer life, to really truly love God, appreciate Him, worship Him. Those are the things that we need to do. Again, I thank you for taking time to listen. Next week we will continue this uh, podcast uh, series on the churches in Revelation, the seven churches. And I believe next week we're going to talk about encourage to remain faithful. Encourage to remain faithful. So I certainly hope that you will tune in and set that reminder to download it when we release our podcast each week. And if you have a Bible question you'd like to be have answered on a podcast sometime in the future, we try to collect several of those and then make one big podcast out of that. Uh, please contact us through our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, lowercase. You can also email us directly at uh, biblicalquestion at juno.com. Again, thank you for listening. May God have the glory, and may you have a blessed week.